We would like to respectfully acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the Wajak land of the Noongar Nation and on Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. This land was stolen and never ceded. And we would like to acknowledge elders, both past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Clea. And I'm Ava and you're listening to the Bimbo Industrial Complex. Hey, Clea. Hi, Ava. Welcome back to the Bimbo Industrial Complex. The podcast where we try and get our money's worth out of our $30,000 arts degree. <laughs> and then subsequently prove that money isn't real. Obviously, yeah. That's, yeah. that's in a forthcoming episode, so yeah. just be ready for that. So we're going to kick things off today with a new segment. Exciting stuff. Which is um, appropriately titled Hot Girl Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to recommend one piece of like bimbo media and one piece of academia media. So do you want to go first? Very nice. Okay, so my bimbo piece of media is not very original, but it's the new Gossip Girl. So only the first episode has come out and I was kind of scared that like it would be a little bit too woke and like 2021 because like what made the original show so good was cyberbullying. Like <laughs> quite simply. But it's pretty fucking whack like all the kind of really mealy mouthed COVID references aside Tavi Gevinson plays a teacher who becomes Gossip Girl to cyber bully her students which is just a concept a huge concept and it's just like it's just as twisted as the original Gossip Girl in some ways so that's my bimbo rep what's yours um mine is in a similar vein of like gossip and rich people i've been reading kevin kwan who you may know from um crazy rich asians his new book called sex and vanity um the one that's set in like capri yeah Yeah. so it's like just really like good lifestyle porn and like Mm -hmm. everyone's rich and everyone's gossiping and he like footnotes like the book in his voice right. so it and will be like yeah references. so like if they went to like this particular private school like the footnotes will like have the context of that which is nice because it feels like gossipy and and super soapy but he respects your intelligence yeah yeah, yeah. so what academic academic <laughs> sources have you been consuming i love it so i'm reading a book at the moment that's called made in china a prisoner an sos letter and the hidden cost of america's cheap goods so just following on from our last episode talking about like sustainability fast fashion all of that i need to like shock myself into not wanting to buy things from shane so (laughs) that's why i'm reading this it's really quite confronting but it's so interesting because it's got a lot of the stories behind like when you hear on the news that people find like i don't know they'll open up their like you know fake gucci handbag and there'll be a note in it that's like help me it's kind of like the stories behind that which is god that's haunting haunting but very important and hopefully going to turn me off buying stuff yeah and then what is your academic read okay i'm reading this book by enzo traverso who i know you're more familiar with (laughs) my marxist historiography king yeah called leftist melancholia um, which I'll admit I just bought because I liked the way those two words sounded together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't actually have any idea what he's talking about yet. Um, cause there's a lot of words, but 
<laughs> as you would expect in a book. As you would expect. <laughs> I feel like if you read the intro and conclusion, yeah. you kind of get it. And then the rest of the book is just being like, oh, this is what they meant when they were talking in the intro. Yeah. So I think it's definitely a book that I'll read and then Google after to yeah. actually understand. Mm-hmm. But it looks great on the train to be, oh. to be just having leftist melancholia in my tote bag. I was so. about to say, fits so well in a tote bag when yeah. it's not raining, like just sitting in the park. Yeah. Because um, that's the only reason I read books is for the optics. So, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I like read everything on my Kindle. So if I actually buy a book, it's purely for the optics. Yeah. That's how you know. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Our topic for today is heteropessimism, which I think you summed up very well. So would you like to explain what it is? <laughs> yeah, basically it's like heteropessimism is the idea that, you know, the bar is a speakeasy in hell and some people still aren't reaching it yeah basically you're so right so it's basically just hetero like heterosexual and pessimism the idea that mainly coming from straight women um it's kind of like men are trash but i still want to date them and i still have to date them so trying to kind of like reconcile those two things in your brain for sure so do we have sources to back this up well (laughs) <laughs> there are so many sources to back up the fact that like dating, well, dating is a hellscape for everyone, but in particular, straight women. So I was reading this very interesting economics paper, which sounds like an oxymoron, but I promise it's true. <laughs> and it's called What Makes You Click? Mate Preferences and Matching Outcomes in Online Dating. And basically what it says is it was looking at preferences for like height and income among men and women. So it's basically like, the taller you are as a man, the less money you need to make to get a mate. So like someone who is, for example, six foot tall needs to make about $30,000 less than someone who's five foot 10 a year to get like the same quality of mate. So it's basically saying like, if you're a rich man, that can compensate for a lack of height. The sad part is that um, for women, if you're five foot eight or taller, there's no amount of income that will make you as desirable as a short woman. Is that what that means by not feasible? Not feasible. So your prospects are just not feasible. Not feasible. Well, you still have some prospects, but you're just, it's not feasible for you to be as desirable as a five foot six woman. That is simply so sad. And the shorter you are, so like if you're five foot tall, um, you can make like 50 grand less a year. And get the same quality as of mate compared to like a five foot six woman. That's just one example of why we have to be hetero pessimistic because the situation is actually really shit. Yeah. We're going to do a deep dive of this article by Indiana Sersan, which was in the new inquiry called On Hetero Pessimism. Um, and I remember when I where I was when you sent me this article. I was on William Street leaving the bird, cursing skinny white boys. Um, and I look at my phone and Clea sent me this article with this like quote, which I can't remember what the exact quote was. And I like read this article, prompted to email it to all my friends because I'm like obsessed with forcing everybody into long form email. You must email. Yeah. And I was like, I want to hear everyone's thoughts. But then coming back to read this article for today, I was like, there's a lot of words in here. There's a lot of intellectualism in here. Yeah. feel like it demands to be deconstructed into like... 100% into yeah. bimbo language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she makes some good points. Mm-hmm. I think talking about heteropessimism as an anesthetic is like the 
main principle of this article what does that what does that mean to you Claire definitely well I think the quote that I sent you the first time like I sent this to you was that heteropessimism is a feeling that aims to protect against over intensity of feeling and an attachment that can survive detachment um and I saw a lot of myself in that because if you're just saying all the time like men are trash I don't want to be with a man men disgust me etc etc then you kind of are preemptively stopping yourself from like becoming too invested in a man to the point where they could hurt you yeah exactly like it's a numbing quality because then you can just be like well if men are trash like their behavior can just be explained by this phenomenon that like yeah they're garbage exactly yeah and it's kind of almost like a defense of our own like heterosexuality because like it is kind of embarrassing when you think about it that like the men that oppress us in our lives are also the people that we want to be like romantically romantically and sexually involved with yeah um but as we know sexuality isn't a choice and it's not something that we can change but we can be embarrassed about it but then the other point that is made in this article that i really want to get into is she when she first introduces it she talks about how she thinks it's kind of like defensive and disingenuous Mm -hmm. because unlike you know other pessimistic theories like afro-pessimism like heteropessimism is literally the fault of heterosexuality so by explaining it away and being like oh you know men suck Mm -hmm. that immediately stops any form of like social change or um yeah any kind of desire to change the culture exactly it's just like men suck or being straight sucks maybe for both men and women but yeah. it's not something that we can do anything about we can't change like heteropessimism isn't actually like turning away from heterosexuality it's not yeah. being like oh this sucks therefore i'm going to you know like explore queer relationships yeah. or anything like that it's just i this is shit and i'm going to complain about it but i'm going to continue to like practice the same behaviors yeah and um, to put it in more eloquent words, which is like not ours, um, if heterosexuality becomes a shorthand for misogyny, the proper objective critique falls from view. To be permanently, preemptively disappointed in heterosexuality is to refuse the possibility of changing straight culture for the better, which is such an important point because it's like, all I can think about when I think about this is like when men hate their wives. Like, why is there just this whole culture of, like, oh, my stupid wife who, like, cooks and cleans for me? And it's because like... otherwise there would be no male stand-up comedians. Like, <laughs> they would be out of work if they couldn't be like, so wives, hey? What's the deal that? with women? <laughs> women. Yeah. And um, there, there must be, like, a theoretical way to explain that type of comedy where you just put white in front of women and then it allows you to say, like, a lot of misogynistic statements. Like, I've been seeing a lot of TikToks lately trying to, like, deconstruct Bo Burnham's, like, white woman's Instagram song being like, no, Bo Burnham is, like, so progressive. Like, he couldn't be a misogynist. I'm like, (laughs) then what is the point of that song? What is the point? He's like, they're like, it's satire, it's irony. I'm like... But it's not funny. It's not funny. And it's just not good enough, you know? I know. Like how – it's 2021. Why are we getting jokes about pumpkin spice latte still? It's embarrassing. But I did see another TikTok that was like, 
you know, everyone on TikTok, like your 17 year olds are complaining that like Bo Burnham's song doesn't relate to your Instagram. It's like, I hope he's not following you on Instagram. So I do back that, that he's yeah. probably like following some age appropriate people. Yeah, who that is true. That stuff. Yeah. Congratulations. And I also read this article in Crikey, just a little Bo Burnham tangent, that it was like, he actually was not inside in a room for a year. Like he lived in like this beautiful house with his long-term girlfriend and his really cute dog. And then like, I guess just didn't cut his hair and was like, laughing as depressed. (laughs) Laughing as depressed. (laughs) Yeah. Laughing as being locked down when really it's like, oh, you're locked down to your, like, I don't even know how many square foot property. But yeah, back to heteropessimism. <laughs> Just circling back. Circling back. Uh, so what are your thoughts on heteropessimism being like an anti-capitalist statement, like rejecting the narrative that like women have to like have husbands and be housewives? I mean, I feel like it's only rejecting it to like a very shallow extent. Like I feel like I, for example, am a heteropessimist, but it has never stopped me from like <laughs> pursuing a man. Like it's never actually stopped me from doing anything. It's just like, I mean, I guess I've made some funny like private Instagram posts about it, but that's it, right? And it's like, I kind of see it as reinforcing individuality being like, oh, I hate men, you know, like I don't need anyone to a certain extent, um, which is kind of like, individuality is very good for capitalism yeah you know and then it's like oh i'm an i'm a boss woman i'm an individual i don't need no man so i have to buy like all these products in order to assert myself as this independent woman exactly and the framing of like independence is still like it's because i bought and consumed these particular items yeah um which i don't know is seems to be not radical anti-capitalist exactly and so much independence is framed in terms of financial independence like oh you know like i can make my own money i don't need to be a housewife or whatever but it's still like well you still have to participate in the system of capitalism to do that so i don't think it's really anti-capitalist like maybe at at a very shallow level but yeah i don't know because that then implies that non-heterosexual relationships are also anti-capitalist which is a a lot of pressure just to put on like a queer relationship and this is maybe the main critique that i have of heteropessimism is that it it basically implies that like if heterosexual relationships are the worst then it puts this like magic like tonic quality on queerness Mm -hmm. and makes like puts this really unnecessary like yeah, puts these queer relationships on this like massive pedestal, pedestal and like expects queer people or queer women to like educate and you know yeah. or assumes that like queer relationships are going to be so much better just on the basis of their queerness, which I would argue is maybe true a little bit, but like <laughs> a little bit true. just a little bit true, but not true enough to like base an entire like yeah theory yeah theory on. on. Yeah. And then I think the way that maybe a tangible example of this in the culture is like um just what i've (laughs) named the yas girl complex which is just like when um straight women like look to queer particularly like queer men as a form of like escapism yeah you know like yas queen yas honey slay and it's like we all speak you know normal words like it's you don't need to communicate entirely in yas queens like with queer people exactly it's literally the phenomenon in Perth is like 
straight women starting to go to the court, which was like one of the biggest gay bars in Perth a few years ago because like, you know, there were less creepy men there. But then slowly the straight men also just migrated there and now it's just like a place for the straights. Like heteropessimism, when does that, like when do you draw the line at kind of like trying to move into queer spaces without actually like being queer, which is like obviously not an issue in and of itself but when you're kind of like taking over those spaces and parts of the culture that are meant for yeah people who've traditionally been disadvantaged because the issue is like the whole of william street the whole of north bridge it's just the straight yeah go to paramount and do some boxing like and leave (laughs) us leave us to have fun in queer spaces Yeah. yeah also yaya's in melbourne oh yeah yeah is another example of that um, phenomenon the yas girl industrial <laughs> complex the yas girl industrial complex the yas queen the yas queen i also love the conspiracy theory that rupaul wasn't actually in australia of it yeah that's not a conspiracy theory that's correct that's true i just don't believe that he was here i guess know. his his husband boyfriend is australian oh really yeah see i couldn't even tell you but they're like fracking they're too busy fracking. Too Actually, busy fracking. that would probably get along really well here because, like, fracking is, like... Fracking is huge. Fracking a la mode. Yeah. Like, yeah. Truly. But RuPaul is obviously too busy fracking to <laughs> actually deal with any of these, um, which is fine, which means he really fits in in Australia. Mm-hmm. And, like, can't you just imagine him, like, up north in, like, Caratha or, yes. like... Tom Price. Tom Price or something in, like, like his, like clean fluoro vest yeah and like blumstones or rm williams or something just like frack i don't know how you frack i was just making like a coal mining motion um but yeah i can really how to frack how to frack like a queen (laughs) hilarious such a girl boss yes fracking is such a girl boss move fracking is so girl boss absolutely yeah i um I don't know. Is like that girl boss gatekeep gaslight. gaslight culture as well, like in relationship with heteropessimism? I guess, yeah, because it's ways. all about kind of, yeah, rejecting these like traditional ideals of femininity and being yeah. like, oh, I don't need a man. Yeah. Some girl boss. Because I feel like girl boss feminism is obviously like the worst thing to have happened to feminism yeah. in a long time. But I don't know if like satirizing girl boss feminism at the expense of women is also oh yeah men are not allowed to yeah men can say girl boss if i say girl boss and then like they're just kind of like repeating it yeah but if any man is making like legitimate criticisms of a girl boss i'm like no no you hate to see a girl boss winning you they do Mm -hmm. yeah so we have a, a tiktok trend to discuss now yes do you want to explain what bi wife energy is? Yeah. Um, when I was googling research about googling the research, googling the research about heteropessimism, the Google. Yes, about heteropessimism. This article came up and it was like heteropessimism is dead, and I was like, bold claim, vice. It it was born, it lived for like two months, and then apparently it died according yep. to Vice. So, which is obviously like the most trusted source of. Um, journalism mm-hmm. in our modern day world but basically it talks about how bi wife energy is the antidote to heteropessimism and i have a lot of thoughts on this mm. not many of them positive also if you don't know what bi wife energy is just literally search it on tiktok and it's just like this song 
Yeah. And people will like put up pictures of like pop culture characters who they think have bi wife energy. So it's essentially just like people in straight relationships, but then the woman in the relationship is queer, which adds this magical queerness to the relationship. And I feel like the idea of queering the straight relationship is a very controversial one. Um, And just not a necessary one. But yeah, so I think this idea sits funny with me because it's almost like putting all of the onus on queer women, like for us to fix straight male culture. Oh, absolutely. And it's just exalting straight men for doing the absolute least. So it's like, oh, so you're in, like the straight men are in what they would consider like a straight relationship. Like there's nothing like radical or groundbreaking about that, but it's like, oh, but they're an ally. They respect the fact that they have a bisexual wife. Like, and? Yeah. Why, do we, why are we meant to care? It's like the same issue that, you know, men don't legitimately see, like, quote-unquote cheating with women as cheating. Yeah. It's like, okay, so do you actually just not believe that, like, queer relationships and exists. queer sexuality exists? Like, how is that? Yeah not it's very heterocentric it's very heterocentric yeah heteronormative and i just yeah i really it doesn't sit right with me the idea that um queer women should be expected to change the world and like i feel like this discourse is coming out from a particularly like white liberal privileged perspective oh absolutely it's all like it's all like Mike and Phoebe from Friends, like Ben and Leslie from Parks and Rec. Like it's all just these. Also, these characters, a lot of them aren't even confirmed as being bisexual in the first yeah. place. But it's just very like, I just don't know how necessary it is. Yeah, it's almost like you attempting desperately to like justify like, yeah, your heterosexual relationship, which... Mm-hmm. I guess would confirm to Vice that heteropessimism is not dead. Yeah, it's alive. It's alive. Uh, But I just want to look at this article because there's they've presented to us four poster boys for the bi wife energy, (laughs) and one of them is Simon from Alvin and the Chipmunks. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just sit on that for a second. Can Chipmunks even get married? I just want to feel into that. I just want to feel into that. The other one is Paul Rudd. Um, I'm not sure. Is that Paul Rudd in media? Let's have a look. I don't think it says. Um, the other one is Chidi Anagonye, which is valid. That's valid. That's valid. And the last one is, I don't know who that is. The guy from How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, yeah. The dragon. The girlfriend's called Astrid. Oh, the girlfriend, not the dragon. I was like, is the dragon queer? (laughs) Question for the culture. There is actually one, though, that's about Donkey from Shrek and saying that the dragon in Shrek has bi-wife energy, so... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Valid. Um, so let's talk about himbos. We love, we love to talk about himbos. We love so, to talk about them. two questions for you. Mm-hmm. Firstly, what is a himbo? And secondly, what is their relationship to heteropessimist theory Alrighty, so a himbo is just like him plus bimbo so just like a male bimbo hot hot and when i looked this up it was actually like a term that was created like in the 80s or Mm. 90s or something so i love that i love that this is having its resurgence and 
again, if you're on TikTok or even maybe like Instagram, maybe, um, you'll probably see a lot of comments about people like talking about who their himbo kings are and like wanting to date a himbo. And my theory on the relationship to heteropessimism is the fact that like over our kind of like informative, no, not informative years, what's it called? Like developmental years. We were fed so much kind of like nice guy propaganda. Like so many of the movies in like the late 2000s, early 2010s when we were growing up were like the nerdy, nice guy, like getting the popular girl or whatever. And so we all grew up being like, oh, okay, like jocks will treat us badly. Nerds will treat us right. And then you find out that no, like geeky guys will also manipulate you and gaslight you and cause you to need therapy. So why not just go for like, a beautiful man who has nothing going on in his head and so therefore will not hurt you. Yeah, like just too dumb to manipulate you. Yeah. Um, so rattle off all the himbos that we've got on the dog for me. Okay. So some that I've listed here is Schmidt from New Girl, who one of my favourite himbos. Himbo King. Ethan Kraft from Lizzie McGuire, who can also be then like um, juxtaposed with Gordo, who's like the like nice guy nerd. We've got Channing Tatum in She's the Man. I think his character's called, like, Duke or something. Yeah. Joey in Friends, Jason in The Good Place, Troy in Community, and probably my <laughs> favourite himbo is Freddie Prince Jr. in Scooby-Doo and also in real life. Like, there's this amazing clip that I will post on our Instagram of Sarah Michelle Gellar, who's Daphne in Scooby-Doo and also his wife in real life, talking about, like, why Scooby-Doo is so amazing She's like, it's just amazing because it wasn't a gender specific cartoon. Like there were things in it for girls and for boys and it didn't matter. And it's like her going on this like quite nuanced explanation. And then his answer to why Scooby-Doo is good is like, it's a talking dog, you know? <laughs> yeah. So are you a fan of the himbo? Um, I am, but I feel like the more that I think about it, the more that I'm like, why? why do I want a himbo? Why am I so obsessed with himbo characters, you know? Yeah. What about you? I feel like um, it's comforting to me, like himbos in popular culture, because mm. usually they have qualities that real life himbos aren't graced with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I feel like there's a disconnect between the presentation of the himbos in the media, particularly like in Y2K, 90s film mm. and television and also just like dumb men in real life being really threatened by like any form of female intelligence yes um which is difficult for me to like reconcile however it is quite refreshing to like explain things to men like i feel like for me one of the reasons why i love himbos is because it's like oh my god like we can actually just have a normal conversation and i don't have to think about Maybe I'm just cuckoo crazy, but like I don't have to think about like what I'm saying and what how it's presented and like being careful before someone accidentally explains like what a dark comedy is to me, which is a true story. I once had a man explain what dark comedy was to me at a party. Um, um, at a party, not even at a situation where dark comedy was like, not even like at a dark comedy film. No, he was talking to me about how he was making a film. And then, so red flag number one. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, it's a dark comedy. And I was like, oh, cool. And then he was like, a dark comedy is basically a comedy where, and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. But I want to give, a, um, I also like really 
enjoy like explaining things to men that have been traditionally explained to me like mm. the time I took my dad to see Donnie Darko um and the whole car ride home I just got to explain like all those weird timeline theory YouTube videos that oh. I watched like after watching Donnie Darko so shout out to my dad yeah um I love that and I feel like you're so right though that when we see himbos in pop culture number one yet yeah, they're first of all attracted to smart women and number two they're like happy to learn from them or like interested in learning from them which is like such a lovely idea but (laughs) a concept a concept um but in real life like you know when you meet like a nice dumb man oftentimes either they don't want to like learn shit which is fine like no a lot of people don't want to be like lectured by someone they're in a relationship with which is totally fair enough um or exactly they're really threatened by like other people's intelligence or like other qualities that they don't really have so I think it's the pop culture himbo is kind of a mythical being yeah but I am really enjoying like the resurgence of bimboism in its modern day yes um which is also definitely I think tied to like queerness Mm -hmm. and just rejecting the idea that we have to know things yeah like I feel like it's so radical to just be ignorant and happy like so many times I'm like I wish I didn't know this like I wish I did not know these things. I just want to be blonde and like say, yeah, what? What? At the end of every single sentence. Like to me, that is more empowering than any iteration of girl boss feminism could be. And maybe it's like a COVID thing that we're just like rejecting knowledge because there's just too much information. So everyone's like, no thoughts, empty brain, just thinking about frogs. I don't know. Yeah. And it's just, it's very peaceful. Yeah. And also like when you can just, reclaim enjoying really stupid things without thinking about them like you know watching keeping up with the kardashians or like selling sunset or like any of those like really not stupid reality shows but reality shows that really don't have much depth to them and just being okay with that and not having to like interrogate every single thing you do even though we we will we will will. but i just feel like it's also um quite refreshing to be able to just like enjoy things that are dumb. Like I feel like for so long, everything women have ever enjoyed from the Beatles to One Direction, like has just been criticized by like Mm -hmm. heterosexual male culture. Yeah. And so it's like, we just want to enjoy like dumb, stupid men and dumb, stupid movies and like, and not be called out for it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'd rather have my heart broken by someone who's like, oh, I just don't love you. Then have my heart broken by someone who's like, I love you so much and you're my muse and you're everything to me and that's why we can't be together. You know, like I'd rather just actually at this point have my heart broken by a fuck boy than like a like emotional gaslighter indie soft boy, you know? Yeah, because I feel like those two male archetypes are in contrast with each other. Mm-hmm. Like the caveat being that like people aren't archetypes, but also for the sake of... Um, me computing my life effectively is it like we can place the Bukowski soft boy mm-hmm. in direct contrast to like the himbo and it's almost like refreshing you know yeah. to just like not have to like think about what Radiohead album I like you know yeah because there's if someone asks you that they will have a right and a wrong answer in mind yeah and it's like I have to like pretend to have seen 
any Quentin Tarantino movie. You and know? you have to have like an opinion on everything. Like sometimes I just don't want to have an opinion. Yeah, that's a huge misconception about me is that I'm opinionated, but I actually don't have any opinions. No, I just, you need to come up with them to like make conversations yeah, with people. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, I would rather just chill, just watch everybody else have opinions. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like as well with male himbos, this is another phenomenon that I'd kind of noticed on TikTok last year or maybe like early this year is like the golden retriever boy, like men being golden retrievers. Cause there are, I'm sure when I say that golden retriever boy, you've thought of some cute floppy head, big goofy smile. Um, But then weirdly like men discovered that that was like an admirable trait and then tried to like replicate, not replicate it, it, but Tried to force it. Yeah, and that became like quite cringe. Like being like, "Oh, I'm such a golden Golden retriever retriever boy." Flip hair, like, (laughs) "Oh, like running and panting." Like, as soon as like men become self-aware of anything, it becomes so unattractive. Yeah. Sorry, but like as soon as they catch on, it's like the moments passed. You know. I know. Yeah, because you can't, you cannot force being a himbo or being like a golden retriever. Because if you do, then it's inherently so cringe. Yeah, because it becomes, like, performative as opposed to, like, authentic. And in some ways, that's, like, more manipulative. It's, like, men who use feminism in order to, like, portray themselves as these, like, really good guys. And it's, like, then why are you still friends with abusers? Yeah. I know. Men being, like, if you were really a feminist, you would send me a picture of your boob because you know that nudity (laughs) is just a social construct. But, hey. Maybe you're not a feminist. Yeah. If you were really a feminist, like, you would just um, clean up my house. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, though, I'm always, like, to my friends in relationships, like, men are not your children. Do not do their laundry. Do not make their bed. And then whenever I go to a guy's house and I see the beds unmade, I'm like, can I make your bed? Can I make your bed? Like, I just – I don't like the sight of an unmade bed. No, that is me so much. (laughs) Like, my friends, I will – tell them like you should have much higher standards than this you should not be doing x y z and then when i meet a guy i'm like could i could i cook for you could i clean up after you please yeah just do you want me to like do your laundry like wouldn't that be hot yeah i can manage your calendar like that's totally fine of course like i'll come pick you up because you don't have your driver's license (laughs) of course that's hot that you don't yeah it's so anti-capitalist to not have a driver's license. Absolutely. You're just rejecting, like, these standards that we have to, like, reach by a certain age, for sure. And now that I, like, don't have a car, people always say to me, oh, but do you have your driver's license? And I'm like, yeah, I do. But, like, so what if I didn't? Like, yeah. why is it such a thing? It is a thing. Interesting. Yeah. It's, like, almost as if, like, you're not a valid member of society if you can't drive. Yeah. Oh my gosh, on my trip, because I couldn't drive manual. So for half the trip, I like couldn't drive at all. And I was just like, women should not drive. Men should always drive. And then I would obviously feel bad that I couldn't drive. So I'd like cook dinner and clean and everything. I'm like, this is how it should be. Sometimes I like to think that like gender roles can be quite convenient sometimes, you know? They're very convenient for me. Yeah. I have no like manual skills. Yeah. I obviously don't, um, don't want to reinforce gender roles, but... I don't drink beer. <laughs> so. And you know what? I do take a while to get ready in the morning. Yeah. Okay. What else? Any other thoughts on him, though? Not really. Just that, like, 
I probably, despite loving himbos, I'll probably never go for one in real life. Just like the fact that despite being a hetero pessimist, I'll never stop becoming obsessed with like really mediocre men. Yeah. What about you? I feel like I wouldn't go as far as to say I'd label myself as a hetero pessimist. Um, That definitely doesn't make me a bi wife by any stretch. I refuse to be the um, neoliberal female ideal, but yeah, sometimes it's just refreshing to like meet a silly goofy dude. Like, I just I'm just a silly goofy dude. dude. Like sometimes I just don't want to think. Like yeah, I don't want to do like theory debate. Like I don't it's always nice on a night out for like a day floor hooky to meet like a, a a goofy guy. Yeah, but then I feel like I could never develop that level of emotional investment where like as we go to sleep I'm like imagining our future together you know yeah because I also like secretly I'm afraid that like men will discover that I have like Mm. quote unquote just able to think like more above one level than surface level Mm. and then feel like yeah threatened or intimidated by that I think especially because men tend to sometimes value like classicism Mm -hmm. and those and by that I mean like maths and science and like yeah as intelligence and then all other forms of intelligence are like not valid Mm -hmm. yeah um do you have a favorite himbo I think it would have to be Freddie Prince Jr. in Scooby-Doo just because him and Sarah Michelle Gellar are just my favorite people ever what about you my favorite himbo is actually probably Raymond from Aquamarine. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. when I think himbo, I tend to think along the lines of like blonde, surfy yeah, yeah. dude. And Raymond was so dumb. But so caring. So like, caring. He just wanted to hang out with her and like that movie is iconic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like weirdly when I was a kid didn't really understand like before I could actually conceptualize feelings of love and attraction Mm -hmm. because they were all obsessed with Raymond. I was also quite obsessed with Raymond. Yeah. Um, And also Raymond is such a himbo name. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Just like Josh is such a himbo name. Yeah. Um, Ben? Nah. I feel like I know a lot of smart Ben. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think of more. Kyle. How many men do you actually know named Kyle though? Yeah, I don't think I know any men named Carl. Carl McLaughlin. I don't know him, obviously. <laughs> himbo. Himbo King. He kind of is a himbo. Oh, Smith Jared from Sex and oh, the City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was... He had such a good character arc. He's in the such show. A, in the show, the movies Not the don't movies. count. The movies aren't part of Sex no. and the City canon. No, no, no. Yeah. So I guess that's all we have to say on... Himbos. I can't believe we have so much to talk about, like straight men. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I know. Um, but would you like to drop a low stakes hot take? Sure. My low stakes hot take for today is that I think that Jack Russells are like psychopathic and we should stop reading them. Elaborate on that. Um, I just think they're the most like, okay, I want to preface this by saying I'm sure there are some nice Jack Russells out there. I just have not met them yet. I just think like they're so small that they clearly like have issues with that just to begin with. And then they just hate the world for no reason. And it's like, you're a dog. Your life is so good. 
Why are you out here always barking, always biting people, being mean to other dogs? Like, I just think we just need to stop breeding them. Yeah. Do you think that's got to do with like their history, like as, you know, means of production, like being farm dogs? Maybe. Are Jack Russell's farm dogs? I feel like they were maybe like bred down from farm dogs, but they're not because yeah. they're like little terriers. Like that's the thing also. I feel like they have no like productive value, you know? Yeah. I also love um, how their names are Jack Russell's because it's like two, two first names. Two. You never trust, trust a man, man with two, two first names. names. Exactly. Exactly. So what is your low stakes hot take? Lemon water is bad for you. Yes. It's bad for society. I just think it can't be good for you or like it either is bad for you or is negligible effects, you mm-hmm. know, because I feel like it's just drinking lemon juice. Yeah. Which is so bad for your tooth enamel. Yeah, and exactly. You are, um, a dentist's daughter. I am. Normalize good tooth enamel. Stop over brushing. I need to go buy some floss actually. There's so much corn in my teeth right now because I had corn for dinner last night and then I also ate like a lot of popcorn and I can just feel it like writhing around in my teeth. Okay, so I have looked it up. Jack Russells did have their origins in fox hunting. So you know what? I take it back that they weren't useful at some time, but now I do think they're useless. Yeah. When was the last time you saw a fox in real life? Um... I actually saw like a, a dead one yeah. a while ago at a farm, but no, not very recently. No. So there we go. Jack Russell's, you are obsolete. We don't need you anymore. Yeah. Sorry, Kings. Sorry, Kings. All Jack Russell's are male because they have male names as well. Yes, and two first names. So we know they're a male manipulator. Yeah. What dog would be a himbo dog? Mm, it wouldn't be a golden retriever. I feel like a beagle is a himbo. That's just because you have beagles. Yeah, and they're himbos, but... Yeah. Golden Retrievers are kind of himbo dogs. Kind of, but I think they have a little bit too much intelligence, a little bit too much going on up there. Yeah. What if they're secretly, like, performing the Golden Retriever trap? Okay, I'm looking up dumbest dog breeds. Chow Chows. I feel like Chow Chows could really be What does a Chow Chow They're the big fluffy ones. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's himbo energy. Sturdy built, square in profile. Broad skull, small. This is just a visual description. Uh, triangular, erect ears and rounded tips. Well, that is just. No, their temperament on Google is literally aloof, loyal, independent, and quiet. Himbo. Okay, if there are any men out there that are aloof, loyal, independent, and quiet, my Instagram is at Ava You can hit me up. If you also have a chow chow, that's just that's yeah. just a plus. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for listening to the Himbo Industrial (laughs) Complex. And we'll see you next ep. See you later. Cute outro music.